Welcome to the Financial Life Podcast with me, Ben Robel. This is episode 34. Thanks for tuning in. Before we get started, let me emphasize that I don't know you and you don't know me, so I'm not recommending anything in this episode. Instead, my goal is to ensure that you can make decisions in your financial life with as much context as possible. Now, today we're going to discuss one of the fundamental issues to finance and one that's been talked about a lot in the economy over the last couple of years, and that idea is inflation. This idea isn't as complicated a topic as it may seem, but it probably isn't as simple as it should be either. A certain amount of inflation is a good thing because it's viewed as inherent in a growing economy. But you can have too much of it, like in Zimbabwe or Argentina or Venezuela, when it gets so high that your money can lose value literally overnight. But you could also have deflation when the economy shrinks and prices fall. Not good. Now, there are two kinds of inflation that we face today. Let's use the standard example of a gallon of milk to describe them. So let's assume our economy is made up of $5 and that gallon of milk, and that's it. So in that case, the milk costs $5. Now, price inflation happens when the government adds money to the economy. Let's say five extra dollars. Now, that gallon of milk is $10. The second kind of inflation is called shrinkflation, which happens when the economy only has a half gallon of milk in it. And so that costs $5. That is, you're getting less for your money. But today we actually have both types going on. So that's why the bag of chips you buy costs more and also has more air in it. It's frustrating, I know. So how does this happen? Well, the broad view is that the government creates inflation. After the great financial crisis in 2008, and again, during COVID in 2020, the federal government injected a lot of money into the economy, which is the definition of the way to create inflation. Same amount of stuff, more money. The problem is most of that money went into assets like the stock market and real estate. Suddenly those assets had a lot more money bidding on them, so their prices went way up. The money did not really make it into people's wallets through their paychecks or increases in wages, and that was a problem. To fix this, the Federal Reserve has been focused on creating what is called a wage price spiral. Think about it this way. If five more dollars goes into the economy from the government, and now the gallon of milk is $10, I go to my boss and I say, hey, boss, milk is now 10 bucks instead of five, and I need a raise. So if the job market has a lot of extra people looking for work, then I don't have a lot of leverage. I, I just don't have the ability to negotiate for this raise. So what happens is I end up maybe not getting enough of a raise or not getting a raise at all. But the Fed, the Federal Reserve, wants me and everybody else to get that raise because they don't want people getting progressively poorer because of these higher prices. And that's kind of how we've gotten ourselves into the current situation. The Federal Reserve wanted to see people with enough leverage to negotiate higher wages. That happened. Inflation took off. And then they started to raise rates to try to tamp that back down. Let's also remember that asking about inflation is like asking about the national temperature. I mean, it certainly means something, but it's not really that useful. You really only care about the weather outside your front door or in the place that you're getting ready to visit. And it's the same thing for inflation. People who live in San Francisco face a different situation from people who live in New York City, who face a different situation from people who live in Dallas. But the government has to address this stuff at a broad level, at a national level, and that's why we get reports focused on national data. 
Now, there's a lot more to talk about here, like the impact of technology and how inflation is actually measured. But instead of going into those details, let's highlight why this is important to us in our financial lives. Now, it may seem obvious, but the big impact is the price we pay for the things that we buy. Inflation means that the items we buy will be more expensive in the future. Those prices will compound on each other. Now, if our portfolio or the investments we make do not grow at least as fast as inflation does, then we're going to end up spending more of our money on those same items in the future, i.e. we will be poorer. Now, this is one of the reasons that people are generally advised to avoid holding on to too much cash and to hold some kind of risky investment like stocks, bonds, which are much more easily understood much easier to predict and less risky than stocks, generally cannot keep up with inflation over a longer period of time here in the United States, much less in countries with with much higher levels of inflation. That means that someone without a faster growing and therefore riskier asset like stocks will gradually get poorer. They will fall behind the increase in prices. Now, when you go back to our framework for wealth, that is, go listen to episode 19 if you want to understand more, and you consider your third bucket, the investing bucket. You should carry as little risk as possible in it. But it's probably true that you will have to have some kind of risky asset so that you do not face these kinds of problems with inflation. Thanks for listening. I hope that this is helpful context for you and your financial life.